Welcome to this week's episode of Collaborative Education. I'm Ainsley Prince, and this week I had the pleasure of speaking with the very talented artist, performer, director, and dancer, Christina Kozak. She shares with us her own experiences of attending a bilingual school as well as an all-girls school. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. She shares with us her insight and also provides some resources that you can use. So have a listen and enjoy. Hello, welcome to Collaborative Education. I'm Ainsley Prince, and today on our show, we have Christina Kuzak, and she's going to be joining us and discussing her own experiences in school and changes in education. Welcome, Christina. Hello, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So, Christina, let's start by letting le listeners know a little bit more about you and your background. Sure. Um, I am an ongoing uh, learner in life. I am an artist, so I am constantly um, developing all my skills, which are very multidisciplinary. So I'm involved in acting, I'm involved in dance, I'm involved in poetry, um, installations, live performance. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. So um, what was your education like? in terms of um, when you were going, you know, maybe from sort of the age of, I don't know, if you want to start from kindergarten all the way up or, or you want to talk about your university experience um, in terms of what prepared you for your, your um, what you're doing right now. Sure, uh, everything was a little bit different. Like um, I went to a Ukrainian elementary school and it was the first of its kind in uh, the GTA in Canada. So it's kind of like a bit of an experimental practice. Mm -hmm. And so we had French, but we also had Ukrainian class. And in kindergarten, you would be separated at the very young age into those that spoke Ukrainian at home and those who didn't. Which for me, I didn't think was a great idea <laughs> now that I look back because I find that children can learn quicker and faster and pick up things um, at a younger age. So I kind of saw that backwards that it, and it was also separating me from some of my really close friends that, you know, I went to Ukrainian church. And so I had a community in there. And then my friends who spoke Ukrainian at home were separated in that aspect. Mm -hmm. um, but this is looking at it in hindsight, right? Like I didn't even realize as a little kid, you don't realize you're in a Ukrainian school and everybody else isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a fence and the next door school, um, it was like, I think grade one to maybe nine or something. It was a bit older students. And because we're Ukrainian, you know, at Easter, we would have these uh, ceremonies and these dances and these, these traditional uh, performances that we would normally do at church grounds but we also did in our school grounds mm -hmm. so I remember the next door kids 
lining up against the fence and making fun of us and laughing at us while we were here doing these things that to us were normal right and then not even cluing in how different it was so that was like a very different type of experience and being um culturally in a in a specific school mm-hmm. really but in the end i'm also really grateful because i learned a lot about my history and culture at that time that i would have totally taken for granted for mm-hmm. um i feel kind of i feel very grateful and i still have even a, a core group of friends that i still keep in contact with um oh, and i've actually gone back into my culture and i picked up ukrainian dancing now again with a whole new group um and i just have a different outlook you know having been away in my high school year and university year to explore other things mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting that i'm back at it in that way mm-hmm. you you mentioned community is do you think community is a really strong part of going you know in education i do i really do um I feel like community is an idea of identity and connection. So exploring what that means to you at every age. Um, and I think reflecting now, seeing how diverse schools are, mm-hmm. that's a very, that's a, such a broad question. Um, and, and it's so hard. So what can I take, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yes, it is a broad question. So community, um, I think it can be interpreted differently depending on, you know, what you take it as. Um, so yeah. I, maybe I I think of community in terms of just working in the school. So whether it's the, uh, whether it's the principal with the teachers, the teachers with the parents, you know, the parents with the, with, with, um, the students, uh, or sorry, with their children. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's sort of where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of community. Um, do you, did you have that growing up in your schools? Yeah. Um, again, like with the Ukrainian one, it being Ukrainian, all the teachers were Ukrainian, all the students were Ukrainian. Um, and now looking back at that, that's, you know, I would love to see a bit more diversity within that. Yeah. Um, I went to a high school and I specifically chose it because uh, I did not want to go to my brother's high school mm-hmm. um, and it was an all-girls school mm-hmm. and so that was a totally different type of community of um, actually it was a re- I didn't even realize it at the time again that how important building relationships with other females were because in my house it was all guys mm-hmm. and me um, and then university was a really good community on top of that um, because it was more catered to what my interests and my focus were around that time, which was learning about theater on a whole level, not even disciplined theater, but like as a whole community and what that whole organization means. Mm-hmm. Um, and each teacher I had really helped kind of foster um, different aspects. Like, I guess within a community, you would have, you know, you <laughs> it's funny how in a school when you look at a community how it has specialized um, people like in English, math, art and then university it, it, it's 
a furthering exploration. I think I there's something about that that I wish in some ways I wish university could be applied into high school and elementary school, but I have no idea how you would do that. In, how you, sorry. Yeah, well it's it's so being home at my parents' house, I've kind of been going through old um, files and things that I kept and finding things that I kept when I was in high school, elementary school, especially report cards. And I was reading them and I noticed, of course, a lot of the focus is on what's not going well. And I didn't realize how much pressure and attention was focused on what isn't going well versus what is right. Mm -hmm. And when you're going to university, the majority of us, unless your parents are choosing it for you, the majority of us are, are choosing what we want to do, where we want to focus our attention on. And there's something to that of focusing on your strengths and focusing on what you love instead of being forced to focus on just keeping up with everyone else or like having this flat line because not everybody is the same. Not everyone learns the same. Not everyone's interested in the same things. I think yes give everybody a taste and like so that we can function on a society as we've created it but there should be some kind of i just think there should be some kind of focus on looking at the kids differently and seeing what their strengths are and utilizing that mm -hmm. so that they can have more confidence in themselves as they grow instead of feeling like the opposite yeah, I understand. Like some schools offer more specific courses for for people in high school that are geared towards what they want to do as a profession. So more hands-on um, mm -hmm. skills. Uh, I know that some schools offer like um, auto mechanics or floristry or, or flower design or things like that, where they can actually take those skills in high school and apply them in apply them to a job afterwards um and yeah so and i think the other question is um you know in terms of after high school there's a debate in terms of high uh, if you go into a university or college like i think it's i think it's down to the individual and like you said i think it depends on what you want to do mm -hmm. um now I, I don't know what your your high school was like but i know that there was pressure from the guidance counselors at my school that wanted all the students to go to university. Um, college wasn't even brought up. Oh, and wow. um, I strongly disagree with that because there were students who wanted to go to college and who had um, an idea of what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And colleges only offered those programs, um, but they were um, encouraged to go to a university instead. So, yeah, so do you have any um, any viewpoints on that? Um, again, I think it is funny how <laughs> we're such a judgmental society, sorry. Uh, no, fair enough, I agree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, because you go to university and then there's the PhD people, you know, the, there's always one up and one up and one up. But if you talk to all those people, you know, does it really help their career? Um, some would say yes and some would say no. And 
again, I think everybody as an individual and as a collective, we need to spend more time understanding each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then allowing education to be catered to that. Mm-hmm. I think the force and just not understanding how we work individually, therefore as a collectively, um, maybe getting in the way because I have no opinions. Like one thing I love about what I hear from college is it's hands-on tools. And I think you need that in life, in any job that you have. You need to be doing it. I'm, I definitely learn from doing. Um, but my university experience, I'm super grateful for it. And I chose it because A, I wanted to get away from my my hometown and mm-hmm. wanted a different experience. Um, it's also what I got into because I wasn't accepted into the other ones I applied for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because it was theater, it was a balance of doing and theory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, I feel like based on how you learn, I'm not into the rushing of anything. So when there, I hear courses, college or university, and they're like, oh, you can complete this degree one year versus three years. I'm like, well, what's the potential, what's the purpose of that? I think we know what the purpose and the intention of entering into it is and exiting it is, then it's easier to decide what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's a very good point. I've always wondered, I mean, you, you've been in the school, and I think you say you worked in private schools? Mm-hmm. Um, well. Yes, I have, yeah, in the past. Mm-hmm. Is there, a, like, out of curiosity, do you see their purpose to everyone receiving the same type of education, or do you think it's important to have all these... Um, I guess it's it's because of Christianity too, right? Like there's all this division within a setup of a school or a setup of a system and a setup of the learning. What is your feeling around it being um, almost like so structured around beliefs or versus being open that everyone can have access to all types of education? So the private schools that um, I was working in um, weren't affiliated with a religious background. Um, so they were, if, if that's what you mean, a Christian background in terms yeah. of structure. Yeah. So they didn't have that kind of structure. Um, it was, I mean, I, I think what is appealing to parents about private schools is they're smaller classrooms. So you get more one-on-one uh, attention or, or learning from from the teacher and um and they do have specialized teachers i know that happens in in the mainstream schools as well but i think they're just a little bit more i don't know maybe selected or or chosen um in their field um now that that's (laughs) that that, that, i'm I'm saying that very openly because i know that that that's not always the case Um, and usually there's um, better facilities, you know, whether it's the, the gym or 
the, the, the garden that they've put out, you know, for people to read, for children to read. Uh, so the facilities are really good, but I think there is a big emphasis on, you know, doing well academically, doing well um, in sports. Um, usually there's a division, you know, you're, you're either good in, in, in one area and not the other, but I think private schools really try to um, have this whole sort of like well-rounded um, program that all children are exposed um, to either performing, you know, in performing arts, academics, uh, sports, community service, so that they leave um, with just better skills overall and right. um, a more well-rounded program. So I, I think there is structure, but I think it's, um, I think it's a good thing. You know, I think that sometimes you know, when you're in high school, uh, I don't know what you were like in, in high school, but I was, I was pretty quiet <laughs> and I, I felt like I needed that structure. And I also appreciate it now because I, I probably did things that I wouldn't have done if I um, had gone to um, a, a public school. I, I did go to a private school and I played field hockey. I don't think I would have played sports if I had gone to a bigger high school. So being exposed to that and experiencing team sports um, made a big difference for me. Um, so yeah, I, I do appreciate the structure now, but I think at the time being a, you know, being a teenager, I, um, I sometimes dreaded having to be somewhere at a certain time. Um, so yeah, I mean, we do definitely, everybody has to go to the same kind of classes and you have to get so many credits. Um, it's, it's mandatory. And I think, you know, what, what I feel needs to change in education is having somebody or a group of people to support students from high school to university. Because personally, I felt a bit lost when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do after high school. And I think if I had somebody who was better equipped in terms of providing me with different options and really getting to know who I was, yeah. I would have maybe changed direction um, in terms of what my choices were after high school. Also why I was saying like, I would have loved the guidance. Like I'm grateful for what I chose, um, mm -hmm. but I'm still choosing in life and I'm still figuring myself out now. But I love that idea of let's focus on let's pay attention although like you say you need other support around or maybe this is the guidance council team or some kind of relationship that's built where the students are seen one by one and they are recognized for their their strengths that you can help guide them to make choices towards choosing something in university that plays off that mm -hmm. instead of trying to mold them into what but then again, that's the parent relationship within the school. Mm -hmm. It's very complex. <laughs> it is. It is. I think that's that's been a big change in terms of um, what I've noticed in schools is that children are exposed to more and there's yeah. more options. Maybe too many. Maybe that's maybe that's another um, argument that it's maybe too many options. Right. Um, but I remember when we would have people coming in telling us about what they did for a living. It was usually a lawyer, somebody in business, somebody in as a doctor, you know, it was all these um, 
type of career paths and, and it just wasn't a good fit for me. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I didn't feel like I could um, relate to any of them. And, and again, it just goes back to, it didn't match my personality. And I think that perhaps if, if, schools had gotten well I think that's happening more now I think I, I think there's more emphasis on getting to know the actual student and what their interests are to guide them a little bit better now right yeah see I wouldn't know what's going on right now because like even I look at social media and how that didn't exist in my time when I was mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. it was just coming out in university towards the end of it so in one hand I don't have one hand I look at how lucky they are to be able to document certain events or certain things that they accomplished. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I see the distraction and how unhealthy the tool can be in a school setting. Like, um, so, and how you were talking about high school, like I'm grateful that I chose the all girls school for myself, for who I was, it was capped at 850 people. Mm, that right. means I, I did get the attention I needed. I did play sports a lot too, and I love sports. Mm -hmm. And I also got exposed to drama and had opportunities to kind of break out of my shell where I don't know, to be honest, for me, if there were men involved in the scene, mm -hmm. where I would be. Like, <laughs> just knowing myself as an emotional human being now these days, like that could have sidetracked me or pulled me in a different direction of self-exploration. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm with you on the smaller, I think of course, smaller schools, like. I, I think you bring up a really good yeah. point in terms of careers as well. Like, you know, going back to when we were in school, you know, the internet wasn't around. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I talked to my students, um, well, I talked to them in the summertime asking them what what do you want to be when 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 you're older and a lot of them said that they want to be youtubers you know <laughs> and I just thought wow like when I was 10 years old that job didn't even exist and I, I think there's a yeah, there, yeah there, there's a high percentage I can't remember what the stat is but a lot of careers that we don't even know about are going to be coming up in the next you know 10-15 years so um, it's it's always evolving, and mm -hmm. um, you know, just like what you said, you're still trying to figure out what you want to do. And I think that's true because you know, as you educate yourself or as you gain the knowledge, things start changing, and it's just an ongoing process too. You know, and a lot of people are changing jobs. You know, my parents didn't change jobs um, very often, and now it's quite common. So um, I think that it's. Um, it is an evolving um, journey, I suppose, in terms of uh, finding work and finding something you love to do. Mm -hmm. And like you say, how in the beginning you're talking about communities, like the communities keep developing outside of school, depending where you are in your growth and what you're seeking. True. So yeah. it just yeah. keeps continuing, yeah. That's true. So, yeah, so I was just gonna see, Christina, was there a memory in school, whether it was at your, Ukrainian school or your um, all-girls school that really stuck out as a positive for you or something that was really memorable? memorable. I mean, yeah, I, I can. So in elementary school, the memory would be around a teacher and it was just this teacher's energy. It was my grade one teacher. And I still think of this teacher and how 
gentle they were, and I think that was a very important um, characteristic that I take with me in how I approach things mm. and working with other people and especially around trust um, in the art scene when I'm directing and stuff like that. And then for me in, in high school, because it was like a part of me that woke up, it was uh, sitting, you know, you have your class assembly, which mm -hmm. I really liked. <laughs> so everybody would gather in the gym and the drama students who uh, I think in grade 10 was when you got to do drama. Mm -hmm. put on a play and of course again it was the all-girls school so it was like these girls in bunk beds and they were talking to each other and I don't even know what the play was about but I just remember sitting there and something happened in me and I was just like really connected to what I was watching and what I was seeing and I hadn't really experienced theater in that way mm -hmm. and for me that was really important because that kind of set something in me moving forward in my whole life. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really impactful. Yeah. How about for yourself? I would say my grade two teacher. Uh, she left a <laughs> really good impression. We, we were her first um, class. And so she was quite young and bubbly and, you know, um, very positive and happy. And I, I made good friendships in that year as well that stayed with me. And, um, so I just remember her just making class, like school fun and, and she just had such great energy. And um, yeah, so getting into teaching, I, I often think about her and, um, and maybe that's why I want to be a year two teacher as well, <laughs> just like her. So yeah, I would say that my experience with, um, with that teacher was, was definitely something that stood out for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I, you know, you, you were talking about your teacher and, and um, I think just having a teacher that really gets to know you um, is really special, you know, and it, it stays with you. I, I had an amazing uh, head teacher at one of um, at the private school I was at, and he knew everybody by name. He knew family members by name. I mean, it wow. was really incredible. His his memory um, and, and, and just remembering details. And I think it's such a skill and um, yeah, it stays with me to this day. So I think that's really important in terms of building relationships and, and especially when you're in such a small community, it makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. And being away from your family kind mm -hmm. of community yeah. and stepping out there, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a lot for teachers, especially, um, I don't know, I guess every grade has their own trouble. But the more I think about it, and the more I hear teachers who are teaching high school, mm -hmm. especially that age for kids and what they're experiencing probably at home life too, and in your own hormones, <laughs> mm -hmm. and in trying to figure out the world and all the pressure of trying to figure out where you're going to be moving forward when you don't even know who you are at some points. I find it such a challenge and mm -hmm. yeah, I think, uh, yeah. And I think, you know, especially going through this time in our, in, in our lives right now, I, I think it's even more of an issue because those children don't have that social interna interaction in the same as like yes. um, when they were in schools. 
So, and I, and it makes a big difference when the teachers are there and can actually support students in person. So I think that's, um, that's definitely something that's missing. And um, yeah, it's, it's a real shame in terms of those children who are in high school right now and in any school, but I think that high school, especially. Yeah, and you know what? I don't even know what they're doing in, for COVID right now. Like how the how the system is run. If it's just like acting like they would if if they were in the class. But for me, being outside, I have taken advantage of this time as an artist and the workshops that have been offered through theater companies. Um, it has been the best thing, and I kind of wonder sometimes if that was shared with the teachers, if that would be a beneficial practice because it's utilizing the new platform, mm -hmm. but in an engaging way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, the classes would have to be smaller. It would have to be like 15 people or 20 people, not 50. <laughs> I don't know how many they have, but I've just, I've noticed in some of the workshops that I did, um, and they would be like for a month long, Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be every day, but I wonder if that would help teachers. If teachers partnered, you know, mm -hmm. like if an English teacher partnered with someone else and then it could be more diverse. Mm -hmm. um, if they started using, because there's so many different types of artists in the world that, like you said, work in social media, but on such a wide scale and every type of art form fits with everything that's being learned in school, like even math. There was um, a really cool sight, like sound program mm -hmm. that used math to create sound. I don't know. I just think that there's there's new ways of bridging some old with the new kind of skills and and learning and where we're moving forward in our future. Mm -hmm. instead of it being so syllable based all the time. I think there should be room for play within school for the teacher's sake and for the student's sake, mm -hmm. especially moving forward. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I started to incorporate some of those aspects in my classroom. We were using um, uh, Skype class or classroom. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so we are connecting with um, different um, uh, different museums actually <laughs> so oh, cool. yeah so we were looking at wood woodland animals and I connected with um, a museum in the U.S. and they gave us a tour of the museum so that was quite interesting and cool for the kids and they were able to ask um, the lady questions too and um, so it's just a different way of teaching and, it, and uh, I think NASA has offered programs as well um, during the last summer, I was um, I connected with um, an organization that uh, had science scientists that would be online and could <laughs> answer the children's questions, and they had some really great questions. Um, and it just oh, there, there was a scientist one and there was a mathematician's one. So things that um, it just opens up uh, a realm of like an area in math that I think some of the kids weren't aware of. And uh, yeah, it, it was really interesting. I think the best conversation that we had was when um, there was a scientist who talked about um, making jetpacks and um, 
And anyway, and he, he posted one of the YouTube videos for the kids to watch and they thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> I think at that point, most, uh, most of the kids on there decided that that's what they wanted to, to go into. Um, but yeah, I think that you, you make a very good point. I think that it's, it's um, really important for teachers to sort of explore and find out what else is out there. And, um, and, and connect with these people because it, it'll be beneficial for both parties, you know? And I think yeah. parents appreciate that as well. So yeah, it's, it's a very good point you make. It's the, the only thing that I, I'm worried about is so much screen time because <laughs> yeah. it's all happening on the screen. And the other thing is some families don't have um, that many devices. If they have a big family and they only have one device that becomes really tricky. Uh, too. So, um, but I mean, if if um, if they do have the devices, then then it is um, a really good option for them. Yeah. Or if if I mean, with lockdown, it's kind of. But if libraries, like for example, I remember being really young, and again, not having really computers at that time, um, and only libraries. I would go and spend my day at the library and I remember they had these chairs with these big headphones that you could plug in <laughs> the, you could plug in your headphone into the chair and like listen to music or audiobooks or whatever mm -hmm. and um I wonder if there is a way to have libraries kind of be able to work with schools and have some facilities that like screens or something there's got to be a way for our communities to connect within each other right and to like support each other like instead of school being totally on its own and having to handle everything like there's got to be a way for something i don't have the idea yet <laughs> but i just feel like there's a way especially when we're talking about communities mm -hmm. why are we separating communities into boxes mm -hmm. there's a bridge and there's a link between everything Mm -hmm. So there's got to be a way to help students who don't have that at home, but, you know, mm -hmm. can have access to it somewhere else and it be safely set up as a COVID thing. Um, I don't know. I think there's new inventions on its way. Yes. I Well, what we did with our students was that we went to the library, the community library, and just gave them, we had a tour and the lady, uh, the librarian who um, helped us uh, gave us an idea of like what kind of um, services they offered there. And there hmm. were computers um, for people to use and everybody got their own library card and we set them up. So nice. Yeah, so it was a really good experience because a lot of them didn't have their own library cards and they might just live around the corner, but they just never went or came to the library to with their parents to get that set up. So it was nice to be able to do that and um, and and also just just make them aware of what else goes on in libraries and yeah. made it really fun. They set up a scavenger hunt and it was um, it was a really good experience for the kids. So I think that um, libraries aren't used as much as they were. I remember when I was younger because that was there was no internet, so we couldn't yeah. Google search things. So we had to go to the we had to go to the library if we wanted to find something out. Um, so I think it was um, it was really good. Um, and they also offered 
now I'm in the UK, but they were offering um, adults services in terms of, you know, finding careers for them, jobs, job opportunities. So again, you know, it would be a great um, family trip, you know, if parents wanted to go there and get some support while their child read a book or took a book, I think that that would be quite nice as well. Well, and I know a lot of them too had stages because um, when we were younger, we used to dance, like our community would rent out the hall and we'd do our year concerts there. Mm-hmm. And I know in Toronto, they have like workshops and book readings and events. Uh, yeah, the library definitely needs to get way more <laughs> credit because they're they're an entire community center with mm-hmm. I remember it being like Cannes Wonderland in a way to me, right? In terms of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely, they're really great. And I don't think a lot of people know about all the services that they do offer. I know, yeah. in Toronto, um, I think it was on Saturday mornings. If you got there early enough, you could actually get like um, a pass, a family pass for you to go to uh, some of the local attractions and there would be no cost if I think they only had about, you know, a certain amount of passes. And I thought it was a great way for families to go to a museum for the day and not have to spend the money for it. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, it's just a w- good, great way um, for children um, to get educated, you know, to actually go into these museums, see the artifacts rather than looking it up online. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's also down to sort of your, the family and, and educating them and, and letting them know that these programs are out there. Yeah. I remember too in elementary school, my favorite thing was always the school trips. And I, I actually found out where one of my favorite memories was to the mushroom factory. <laughs> I remember like the mushrooms all, you know, like um, Pokeroo on the show, how they yeah. always go through the polka dot door and then they show how something's made. Yes. So I have that vision in my mind about this mushroom factory and seeing the mushrooms get picked and then sorted and then going into the cans and the smell of it too. I just have this like insane intense memory of that and especially forest trips. I always loved forest and learning survival in the forest and Mm -hmm. um, nature hikes and even in um, the park close to my parents house I noticed they built a tree trekking court. So they started using that for kids, which I think is really cool. And that didn't happen back in my day. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's the other thing in terms of just being exposed to more. And, um, you know, in terms of like activity, like um, when I was going to school, it was, you know, you basically learned the sports, you know, the basketball, the soccer, Mm -hmm. um, volleyball and and that was it you know and um now there's so many more options of keeping physically fit yeah i think that's amazing because what happens is like kids can get confidence in other areas of physical fitness because what i what i noticed uh working with kids here is that some children just don't have the same opportunities to stay fit at home or you know maybe there's situations that come up that they just aren't physically fit and so there was one time when we went to a track and field meet and um, there was a school that had really 
um, fit children. Um, you know, they had been training for a long time. And um, a lot of the girls were getting discouraged because they couldn't keep up. And a lot of them said, well, I don't want to do this. I never want to play, you know, I never want to run again. And I thought, oh, this is really bad. You know, this is like leaving an impression on them. They're 10 years old. And I think that, you know, having kids um, be exposed to different, um, different sports or different ways of, of keeping fit is really important. Um, you know, there's, there was one girl in my class who really liked skateboarding and, and a boy who liked parkour and, you know, somebody else who liked yoga. And I just thought, well, these weren't even thought of like when I was growing up, you know? So I just think that that's a big change, which is a really positive. Um, and, um, and, and also just giving them confidence. I think that's a big thing, especially going through those, those like kind of tougher years, you know, adolescent age, um, and just, and again, building a community that they're, they're getting to know people who, uh, enjoy the same hobbies as them. So it's really good. Right. Yeah. I love hearing that. I love hearing how, uh, schools are taking it on and I guess every school has its own challenge, mm -hmm. right? Are they, um, I don't know how they're all funded, but I know there's like so many diverse issues depending where you live in the world too and how schools are. Like I even know in, in Eastern Europe, you know, the focus is on math a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just nice to hear if there is diversity and that there is an openness to all this that's out there in the world. I guess it depends on the teacher too, right? Like there's the teachers and then there's the school board and then there's, I don't know what's beyond that. How does the school function? How does it make its choices? Who has the most power in it? Well, I mean, the board of governors are the ones who, you know, sort of um, are the ones that are sort of the higher, um, higher up and, and they sort of make the bigger calls, but you know, it's with the government, I mean, it's government funded, right? So right. there's a lot of um, budget um, is a big factor. And so that's where sometimes the public schools or the mainstream schools um, run into problems because they might require um, more support in the schools, maybe extra staff. Yeah. But in terms of the budget, they might not be able to, to um, to carry it out so um and same with same with just like going back to like the facilities or you know we, we were offering the public school i was working at or the mainstream school i was working at here they were offering after school programs for children mm -hmm. and, um so there was money that was given to the the dance like a dance program that was uh, coming in and um so that was um, subsidized. And I think there were other programs that were being offered and there might've been um, a cost to it. So it's, you know, it goes back to like with private schools, you usually have those kind of built in, you know, there's not, there's more money if, if, if there's a bigger budget then obviously there's more money for these kind of programs. Right, yeah, which is nice because it's security you know, a, a certain routine that has security to it. Yeah, because here, a lot of the arts programs got cut and I totally forgot how important, you just brought it up, the after-school program. Like mm -hmm. that for me 
was even more important than the day school mm -hmm. because that is where you paid attention to what your strengths were and and where you really built a community because you would hang out with these people and you'd be doing like interests and building friendships that way and it would be an interactive process versus in a school setting of you know a teacher and then the student and yes. more controlled based right yes i agree um, yeah and, and what how how are they doing after school activities during covid are there anything or well, I know I sp like I spoke with somebody who owns the dance company um, that was coming into the school that I was working at, and she is offering Zoom classes. It's just not the same energy, you know, when you're actually, yeah. it's, it's just a lot different. Um, so I don't know if, she, I don't believe she has a connection with the school. I think she's just uh, doing it on her own. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's a real shame right now what's going on. Um, with the music programs as well. You know, my sister-in-law is, is um, in Canada and she is a music teacher and you're, there's no instruments being played this year. So she's doing everything online. She's become a PE teacher. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's, it, that's changed as well. And, and she's been a music teacher for 20 years, I guess, you know, so that's a big change, you know, in, in terms of her, um, her career, and she's had to adapt and, and teach other, other subjects. And, um, you know, she, she used to do concerts that were incredible. And, you know, that's not going on. That's, that's definitely missing uh, from these kids education right now. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully things will go back. Um, in terms of uh, having, you know, kids going back to after school programs and, and musical come back into classes. I know singing wasn't allowed. So <laughs> all these things, that, you know, is, is happens in a really fun classroom and, and they've just kind of come to a halt. So anyway, um, yeah, just trying to be creative online, doing little dances. I was teaching Pilates online and kids were following um, the moves. So yeah, it opens up a world online, but it, it, you don't have the same exposure to other people. And, and I don't know, it, it kind of lose that whimsical aspect of, of being with people. So, yeah, it's definitely a very experimental phase. I feel like everybody in the world is having this, even in work and jobs. And, um, everyone's trying to figure what's what's working, what's not working. And I'm, I'm hoping um, that this actually instills more appreciation and a new conscientious when we do return or not return, but when we're allowed to engage again in mm -hmm. person, maybe there'll be more, I, I feel like it will probably cause more respect and more appreciation for the things that we've missed and lost um, and maybe a new way of interacting with each other in that way because of it. I agree. No, you make a really good point. Yeah. So, I mean, I think um, you've covered quite a bit today and, and I really appreciate you taking your time to, to speak uh, with me and discuss your, your viewpoints and, and uh, your own experiences about education and school. So thank you so much, Christina. Thank you. It's been fun. <laughs> Great. Okay. Thank you. Okay.